Hello, and welcome to another episode of This Diet Life, the first episode of 2020. I am enjoying myself this New Year's Day. I was flipping through Hulu this morning and saw 24 on there and got so excited. 24 is like one of my favorite shows of all time. So I've been binging season four today and quite enjoying it. But my toddler just went down for a nap and one of the episodes just finished. So I'm taking a quick break from my binge to come and record a podcast. And it won't be specifically about goals or as the first podcast of the year probably should be. It's just going to be a little bit of a, of a reality check and a little bit of an update on what I've been doing. So I, I realize that 2019, I spent about six months of it, maybe even a little bit more being vegan or vegetarian, mostly vegan. I think I did one vegetarian experiment. The rest of them were vegan. That's a really, that's a lot of time that, you know, like 180 days or so was spent trying to to find a vegan diet that would work for me. And the conclusion that I finally came to is that it just doesn't work for me. And one of my employees asked me, she was like, why is it you want to be vegan so bad? Is it, is it, you feel like you're not being a good yogi if you're not eating vegan? And I was like, I don't know. I'm sure it's part of it. Environmental impact. I prefer to eat a vegetarian diet, but I've come to the conclusion that it's just not going to work. Doesn't mean that I still can't scratch that itch, so to speak. So what I am planning to do in 2020 is to observe meatless Mondays, and I'm gonna add to that meatless Fridays. So that's two days a week that I will eat vegan, and five days a week that I will eat in a way that my body does better with. And that's okay. That gives me space in between the days to, for my digestive system to recover and not have such a hard time and for me to eat in a way that is best for my body, but also be able to feel like I'm still making an environmental impact. I'm still being able to observe compassion and kindness. And and so I'm satisfied with that. So 2020 won't be 30 day, 60 day vegetarian experiments like I did in 2019. It'll just be taking those two days a week to observe it. And the rest of the time will be spent eating in a way that really fuels my body better. So I got a notebook out a few days ago because I was like, okay, Kim, like you've, you've got you've to come up with a way to, <laughs> a way to eat. You've got to stick to something if, if the vegetarian vegan thing isn't going to work. So I took my, my notebook out and I wrote at the top foods that I know I don't do well with. So number one is, of course, gluten. I'm gluten intolerant. I have celiac disease. That's an obvious one. I don't go around eating gluten. Like I know people who are gluten intolerant who occasionally will eat gluten because they just wanted something or they say there was nothing else to eat. I'm not one of those people. I don't do gluten. I know better. I haven't had gluten with the exception of a slice of Ezekiel bread that I did. And just a quick explanation on that. So I I started having problems like in 2003. Finally figured out sort of on the tail end of 2005 that gluten was in fact the culprit. 
So I removed it from my diet, have not eaten it since. A few years later, I would say probably 2008-ish, I took a test called ALCAT, which I really don't recommend, (laughs) but some people have had good success with it, where it tests for additional food sensitivities because just removing gluten did not fix my problem. I had issues with lots of foods for years. Eggs was a big one. Dairy's always been a big problem, but I was was sensitive to all kinds of other gluten-free grains like millet and quinoa. I was just... I mean, literally I was having problems with chicken and papaya. It was so ridiculous. So I took this food sensitivity test, which was a blood test, got the results back and wheat did, and gluten didn't come up on the test. And so they emailed me, did you get the test back, results back? What did you think? I was like, well, I'm a little confused as to why I have celiac disease and gluten didn't come up on the test. They were like, well, that's a different immune system reaction than what we test for. But as an experiment, I was like, well, maybe I really don't have a gluten problem. <laughs> So I was like, I'm going to try to eat Ezekiel bread. I remember my sister being like, this is not a good idea. But I tried anyway because it it didn't come up on this particular test. And uh, needless to say, it was a disaster. And a lot of the foods that were on there just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I can't say that was a couple hundred dollars that was well spent. But that was the only exception to this like 14 year long gluten absence that I've done with my diet. So that is one thing that's very, very obvious. The second thing that I wrote on my list was grains. And I actually put grains ahead of sugar. They could really be interchangeably. Number three was sugar. And, but they, they, they could really be interchangeable. In fact, I, I got my notebook out to look at it to put what I actually did put out there. I might've put sugar two and grains three. It doesn't really matter. They're interchangeable. Neither one of them work for me very well. Grains just digestively cause a lot of inflammation for me. And so I bloat a lot. I get asked if I'm pregnant (laughs) way more than a person should because of that type of intestinal inflammation that I deal with when I do. It doesn't even have to be a lot of grains. It's a little bit of grains. Just one serving of certain grains is really, really bad for me. Some grains like rice, I can get by with a little bit more but needless to say, it just doesn't work for me. Sugar is not good for me for a number of reasons. First, it goes to my hips, butt and thighs first, <laughs> always. Secondly, it's very addictive to me. Like that is my drug of choice. Like it's just not a healthy food for me to have. And I've talked about that on the podcast before. And the fourth thing I put on there was dairy because dairy just digestively doesn't do great for me either. I can do dairy every now and then, like maybe I could do dairy on Monday and do dairy again on Friday, but two days in a row isn't good. Two times a day isn't good. Having it regularly isn't good. And I have different symptoms with that. Like if I do a lot of yogurt, I get breakouts on my face. I get breakouts on my face if I do a lot of sugar too. But so I know that those foods are not good foods for me. And so I wrote another list of what foods that I thought were good for me. And one of them is fruit. So it's not a carb issue so much for me. I do well with fruit. I don't really like fruit, but I do well with fruit. So I know it's not really a carb issue. So I'm looking at that and I'm going, this, this is the paleo diet, which I used to follow very religiously and very well. Didn't have any digestive problems. I'm I've not one that's ever been super happy with my weight, but certainly did not struggle as much with it then as I do now. And so I was like, yeah, it's time to go back to the paleo diet. And then I was sort of looking on some things online and Whole30 came up and I was like, you know what? I've actually never done Whole30. And I'd never done Whole30 because when Whole30 was all the rage, I was already on a paleo diet and I just didn't see the point. Like I'm already eating this way pretty much. 
it's a little bit more restrictive than just a standard paleo because they don't allow a lot of that paleo junk food that you see. Like you're not making almond flour cakes and you're not allowed to have pancakes and that type of thing, which I think is actually probably really smart because it's one of the issues that I have with every single diet that's out there. I don't care what kind of diet it is, keto, vegan, vegetarian, paleo, gluten-free, regular sad diet. Like there's junk food at every single level. Like all of the keto stuff that you see, it's either something that's wrapped in bacon or it's some kind of dessert dish that's got erythritol in it or allulose, which is this new sweetener I'll have to talk about on the podcast coming up. And coconut flour or different kind of nuts or what have you, but it's all in some way for people to still be able to eat cake and pie, even though they're keto. It's the same way with paleo. I mean, when I first became gluten intolerant, there weren't as many gluten-free choices as they are now. It's amazing how much they have really exploded that category in the past 15 years. And I can't remember if I said, if I talked about this on a, on a previous podcast or not, but when I went to a trade show for the first time after many, many years in 2007. And it was Expo West, which is held every March in Anaheim, California. It is the biggest convention in our industry, the natural products industry. And I had never in my life been around so much gluten-free food. There was gluten-free pancakes and brownies and pizza and donut. I mean, just everything you could possibly ask for that I hadn't had in a couple of years at that point. And I got, we back, got back to the hotel room and I was just pretty much like at a sugar coma. I mean, I was just, I never ever done that again. When I've been at a convention, I have paced myself. But there it was just like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, I want your gluten-free pizza. And yes, I want this. And uh, what, do you have gluten-free Twinkies? Yeah, let me try this too. And oh gosh, it was just absolutely insane. And so, but at the same time, it wasn't too long after, after eating some of those things that I looked at the ingredients, I was like, gosh, this is worse than the regular version because white rice flour and tapioca starch have way more carbs in them than the standard things that you make in regular cookies. And oftentimes they had you know just as much sugar. And so it was like that low fat craze all over again. If you remember snack wells, which was a huge deal in the late nineties. And there was another brand like Hershey's had this brand called sweet escapes and they, they were really good. But they, again, they just had, they were low fat, but they had tons of sugar. And ultimately we all found that that really wasn't healthy. And so all of this gluten-free junk food I found very quickly wasn't healthy. And I felt very much the same way with the keto junk food and the paleo junk food and all that that's out there. And so that's one good thing about the Whole30 is they're like, don't make things that look like carb stuff. Like for 30 days, just to give yourself a break from that kind of stuff, like eat real food. You know, it doesn't even allow like protein shakes and that type of thing. So I've actually never followed it before. So that's what I'm gonna be doing for the month of January is following Whole30, which will be hopefully a good way for me to just kind of reset my body. Just like, not I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm just trying to get my digestion calmed down. I'm just tired of looking like I'm pregnant. I'm tired of sucking in all the time. And you know, I just wanna be able to button my pants. <laughs> is that too much to ask? I just wanna be able to button my pants. So. And it's always good to sort of just kind of have a framework of guidelines to follow. And some people will look at Whole30 and be like, oh, that is so restrictive. 
But if you, you can look at any diet like that, like if you focus on what you can have, if you focus on everything that you can have, then it doesn't feel so restrictive. And for those of you that are not familiar with Whole30, it's basically a paleo plan. And when we talk about paleo, that means no beans, no grains, no dairy. Those are your three big categories that you're avoiding. You are allowed to have obviously vegetables and fruit and meats provided that they don't have sugar in them. So that would take away things like bacon, some of your luncheon meats that have sugar added to them. Obviously other things that have sugar added to them like your barbecue sauces and that type of thing. They do make ketchups and barbecue sauces that are not sweetened with sugar. They're very, very difficult to find, but Primal Kitchen is one brand that I'm aware of. They're excellent. And it also does not allow you to have any sweeteners of any kind either, including your natural sweeteners like stevia or xylitol or coconut nectar or anything like that, which again, I think is good. I have a book called The 21 Day Sugar Detox, and it's very similar to that. I mean, goodness, there's so many books on the market diets, plans, whatever you want to call them, that are all very, very similar. They just change one thing and they have a brand new name for it. But the sugar detox is very similar. You're not allowed to have anything that tastes sweet at all, including your natural sweeteners. And again, I think that's good. I am allowed to have fruits. Dried fruits are okay. They want you to treat them more like a treat, which I think is good. Kombucha is fine as long as it doesn't have any extra sugar added to it. So I've got plenty of things to choose from. It's a cuisine and a diet that I'm very used to following and that I function very well on. And a 30 day time period isn't a long period of time. And I can always reevaluate when I get done with that if I wanna tweak it some. But ultimately I know that a paleo diet is ideal for me and I just need to kinda of get back on that wagon and it will be good for me to just sort of get away from the like trying to be vegan <laughs> and get away from that distraction and sort of be back on something that kind of works for me. And I can still follow Whole30 on my Mondays and Wednesdays. And there's plenty of avocados and nuts and things like that I can eat on Mondays and Wednesdays that I can stay on both plans. And so I'm excited about that. So that is what I'm going to be doing in the month of January. And I'm not setting any weight loss goals this year. And the reason for that is I really want to focus this year on getting my meditation practice back and regular and just kind of focus on loving myself the way that I am and so that if and when I do lose weight, it's not like, oh, I love myself now, but I, I love myself the way that I am now and so that it doesn't matter if if I lose weight or not, I think if once I get my eating un under control, that that will take care of itself, but it's never going to take care of itself while I continue to obsess over it. And it's just not healthy. So that energy is just going to be better spent doing other things. And so I've got I've increased my reading goal for this year. So last year, my goal was to read 12 books in a year, which a lot of people will look at that like that's a really low reading goal, but for somebody who hasn't read that volume of books in like who knows when, that was that was really good for me. So this year I'm going to read 18. I thought about increasing it a little bit more than that, like maybe doing like 20 or something like that. But I was like, um, maybe just again, just try to keep it realistic. Like 12 was good. I could definitely have done more than 12. I think 18 is should should be no problem. 
you know, maybe I should do 20. Like it's the, it's still first. I could still change that goal. Hmm. Decisions, decisions, decisions. <laughs> I'll let you know what I decide by the end of the day, but we shall see. I've, I, uh, I have this 800 page book called Hanta Yo that's on my reading list to read. So that's, that's like reading like four books right there. So I'm going to need to find like a picture book to go with it. <laughs> so anyway, that is what I am going to be doing in the month of January. And I will update you on the end of the month, letting you know how it went. Hopefully I stuck to it. Hopefully I will. I will. We just take failure off the table. That's not an option. I can do it. It's not that big of a deal. So I got to go grocery shopping here in a couple of hours. So give me some chicken, give me some, some good meat and some vegetables, and I will be ready to go. So happy new year to everybody. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have suggestions for topics for future podcasts, I can talk about just about anything. So you can let me know. You can hit me up at thisdietlife at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at SugarCop and on Instagram at Kimmy Two Shoes. Happy New Year!